Hey, everybody. The forces of evil, the globalist, the deep state, the cabal, the technocracy, the corrupt media want to divide and conquer us all. Freedom-loving patriots, MAGAs, and those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie, along with Stella Padilla, and you're listening to Freedom Speak. We are proudly unindoctrinated and wide awake. Check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to playbacks of all of our previous shows. And also, check out the resource page. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Want to send us your questions and comments? Email us at Becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. And now, you can listen and watch us live on our stream every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, complete with a call-in line so you can join the conversation. Just go to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link. So we got a packed show today, and as usual, I don't believe that we're even going to get to a fraction of uh, the notes that I have taken because there's so much stuff going on in the world, so much craziness going on. And um, so anyway, we're going to try to get to as much as possible. And we got some great guests in the studio today, too. And uh, we got some call-ins that are going to happen, and uh, it's going to be an amazing show. So was working with uh, my new uh, co-writer, Kareen Rios, and we came up with a really great idea of something that uh, we've been thinking about as it comes to um, people not speaking up, people not getting involved, people being intimidated. There's a new religion in town. Have you heard of it? It's been around since time began, even in America. It is a religion that is fueled by silence. Silence of the people of God. I call it religion of silence. Just 30 years ago, divorce in America was taboo. Men and women alike were shunned for it, and it was something to be ashamed of. People actually felt a sense of guilt for breaking their vows. Imagine that. Just a few short years ago, being homosexual was kept in homes. Don't ask, don't tell. Just last year, do you remember the trans community in your face about their mental illness? No. No. It was considered to be a condition known as gender dysphoria. It was definitely not considered to be normal. I believe rare, real cases exist, but this has become a political agenda. And like I've talked about numerous times, those that would like to divide us are taking all of these causes, the, the um, transgender community, the gay community, blacks, Asians, anybody that's different, unique in any way whatsoever, and they're turning us against each other. They're fueling hate among different groups, taking causes, weaponizing them, and turning them against us. Now, whether you consider these conditions and lifestyles normal or not, I don't really care one way or the other, most people in this country have for quite some time had the attitude of laissez-faire, or better known as live and let live. Even better to find in Dictionary.com, the theory or system of government that upholds the autonomous character of the economic order, believing that government should intervene as little as possible in the direction of economic affairs. Yeah, yeah, but they're not doing that, though. The practice or doctrine of non-interference in the affairs of others, especially with reference to individual conduct or freedom of action. Totally agree. People should be able to, especially in this country, you know, we've always thought of 
the United States of America being the land of the free, people being able to live their lives the way they want, as long as you're not harming others, I don't care how you live your life. And that's actually the attitude of most people. One doesn't even have to love God, acknowledge God to know that this new or old religion, however you look at it, has gained momentum in the past few decades. That's no longer good enough, though. The radicals and those in our corrupt government believe acceptance should be made mandatory with the force of law. Our religion of silence fuels the floodgates of perversity in our nation and communities. Our silence makes us irrelevant in the fight for long-held social standards of our nation. Our nation has become a place in which anything that feels good is okay. And if anyone speaks out against it, then the person speaking out is the problem. In other words, do what thou wilt with total disregard to how it affects anyone around you. It's all about you, after all. Because of our silence, this lost and perverted generation sinks further into depravity, devouring people into their ranks. This lost and perverted generation cares nothing about whom it devours and goes after the most vulnerable. The unborn and children are the latest victims. Abnormal and dysfunctional behavior is now even a part of indoctrination in government-funded public schools. Mental illness has now been relabeled as no longer something that may require psychological intervention or even something that the parents have a right to have a say in, but something that requires life-altering surgery that make reality match the delusion. And because of this religion of silence, this is where we are. Victoria Alm, 53, a senior credit analyst in Oslo, Norway, identifies as disabled and uses a wheelchair, even though she has no physical handicap. Alme said on the morning TV program Good Morning Norway that in 2022 that it had been her lifelong wish to have been born a woman paralyzed from the waist down. In an even more shocking case, a 21-year-old North Carolina woman who identified as blind actually took steps to destroy her own eyesight, according to multiple reports from a few years ago. One so-called trans-abled man, known as Jason, spent months researching ways to remove his arm and learning first aid to prevent himself from bleeding to death, even practicing amputation on animal parts he bought from a butcher. Jason went on to deliberately drop a concrete block on his legs in an attempt to injure himself so badly that an amputation would be needed. Doctors saved the leg, leaving Jason with a limp, but that's not the disability he actually wanted. Can we all agree that this is a mental illness? And if we can agree, can we stop people from mutilating themselves? Or do we continue to leave the floodgates open to self-mutilation? Is that going to be the new normal? Remember when there were those that were considering those presenting themselves in blackface as racist and mocking people of color? Aren't so-called transabled people mocking actual disabled people? Aren't drag queens mocking actual women? Are we 
mocking the brave men and women that have had to have their arms and legs blown off in the military or lost their sight on the battlefield? There's no outrage about that. And yet the silent majority says nothing because of the fear of being labeled as some word ending in phobe or ist, or maybe having their reputation ruined, being fired from their job, or even having their children taken away from them. So instead, they continue practicing the religion of silence. That's what the religion of silence has done. The floodgates have been opened, and if you've ever tried to stop the tide that is imploding upon you, you know it is hard to push it back. Oh yes, the floodgates are open. It doesn't stop with those mentally ill that call themselves transabled. Time to move on from transgender and transabled to transspeciesism. A new frontier beckons. Transspeciesism is the future. There are plenty of people out there who suffer from species dysphoria these days. They believe they are a non-human species trapped in a human body. Rather along the lines in which transgender people feel gender dysphoria. A 20-year-old named Nano from Norway believes she is a cat trapped in a human body. She likes to crawl on all fours. She meows and she purrs. Sometimes I hiss when meeting dogs on the street, she says. <laughs> oh my God, people, this is real. Or you know, I you know, I I gotta laugh though. She hates water and she wears ears, whiskers, and a tail full time. I have been a cat all my life, she says. I realized I was a cat when I was sixteen, when doctors and psychologists found out what was the thing with me. Under my birth was a genetic defect. <clears throat> we are expected to respect the fact that she is actually a cat. And if you refer to her as anything else, you are the one with a problem. I've even heard stories of litter boxes being put in school classrooms for children that believe they are cats. I wonder if the parents are aware of this. Probably not. And if the parents are aware, shouldn't it be questioned as to whether they are fit to raise a child? <laughs> These are not isolated incidents. As a little look at YouTube reveals, there are plenty of others. There's a student in Georgia who identifies as a penguin. You can't discriminate against someone by who they are. He insists to the college authorities, comparing it to discrimination against Muslims. <laughs> this is me as a penguin. This isn't a hood. This is my penguin head. He says, I'm a penguin trapped inside a, man, a human's body. I just want to be free with the penguins. I wish I could just march along with them. Are schools going to have to learn how to teach penguin or cat languages in order to prepare these individuals for a productive life with their peers? <laughs> Who are their peers going to be? I don't know. If we're really going to take this seriously, should they even be in school with human children at all? Should these people be getting proper medical care at a veterinarian rather than a medical doctor? Can you see how insane this can become? 
The religion of silence deepens as our society declines into the unrecognizable society we once knew. Where do we draw the line? Where do we decide where the social standards actually are? Do we allow people to do whatever they please under the guise of freedom and apathy? Since, as you know, I believe in freedom to live your life the way you want, providing you are not harming others, I would say yes. But are we sure it doesn't affect us individually and our society as a whole? Where exactly do we draw the line? That was funny and sad all at the same time, wasn't it? Wow. Can you believe that's the world we're living in now? <clears throat> well, um, I have uh, Stella in the studio with me again today, of course. Good morning, everyone. And God doesn't make mistakes, <laughs> no matter what they claim to be. What do you think about all that, Stella? It's too, is that, it's too it, insane. Is that insanity or what? It, it gets more insane every day. Every, every day you hear something even more ridiculous than the day before, and you think, where is it all going? Like you said, where do you draw the line? Where does it end? <clears throat> yeah, all in, the, uh, all in the name of equity and inclusion. Everybody has to be included, whether they're actually a cat or a penguin or, or whatever they actually are. I mean— it 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 seems like the madness does not stop. So I got a guest in the studio with us today, uh, Blair Dunn. Good morning. Say hey, Blair. Hey, how are y'all? So Blair, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Oh gee, well, in in short, I'm a rabble rouser like Stella, and likes to <laughs> likes to make sure that I, I will not be compelled to say something I don't want to, and I won't be prevented from saying something that I believe I should be able to. That's the biggest part of my life is standing up for other people. And I'm a lawyer for that purpose to stand up and say, hey, you should be allowed to speak your mind. You should be allowed to be who you are. You should be allowed to be yourself as long as, like like you said, as long as you're not hurting somebody else. And the government shouldn't be able to tell you otherwise. So that's that's me in a nutshell. Okay. So what do you think about the craziness of all of this uh, in, in which we have to accept everything? You know, I, th- I think the, that you mentioned the line. I think that's really where this comes down to, right? Is that, yeah, I, I don't have a, if you want to pretend to be a cat and that's how you want to identify, fine. But if I have to make accommodations for you, you've now crossed that line for me. If you want to, if you want to identify as a woman and, com- uh, and you're a man and you compete in women's sports, no, you're impacting everybody else. That yeah, is that's hurting, where the problem is right? with that. That is hurting somebody else. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's where the line is for me. And it's, this craziness is, you know, I, uh, Jonathan Ratner talks about it in one of his books, The Coddling of the American Mind. And, I, you know, we've allowed our universities to poison a whole generation with this idea that they can be whatever they want and, and you're not allowed to offend them by not not acknowledging their reality, which is not a reality at all. It's some sort of fairy tale. So, yeah, it's crazy. Is, yeah. It, is it not amazing to you that we can humor these people maybe that are off the rocker and doing crazy stuff like you know saying that they are a penguin or a cat but the government trying to force you to humor them and expect them you know expect you to live your life according to their standards or ah, it's just it's insane and and i mean we're the majority right why do we have to bend for them well that's the issue right it's I think Jordan Peterson and what he dealt with in Canada is a great example of that it's where the government says well we're going to force you to do something right it should be my choice. If if I want to be a jerk and I don't want to acknowledge that you're a cat, that's still my choice. I shouldn't be compelled to acknowledge that. I think that's 
that's it's it's insanity to 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 think that the government is the solution to fix this problem by making us all adapt to somebody else's reality. It's impossible to achieve. By the way, if anybody wants to call in, this is a live show. If you're watching it streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and Rumble, the call-in number, it's on the screen also, but it's 505-444-5059. We would love to uh, have you join the conversation about this. This is a, a crazy topic that I'm talking about here, and it's like... It seems as though we've been forced to accept everything. Oh, we got a we got our first caller of the day. Hey, what do you know? Um, let's see here. Right. Caller, go ahead. You are on the line with uh, Becca and Stella. Who do we got? It's your buddy, Corrine Rios. Hey, Corrine, how you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I'm out in Rio Rancho, walking the dog, and listening to y'all. How did you like that opening monologue? You know, I think it's just, uh, I think it's the truth. You helped Our write it, but you write, helped write it after all. <laughs> yeah, silence makes us irrelevant. I know, I agree. And you know what, I just wanted to point out that uh, you guys are talking about, if it, if it starts affecting other people, then we got a problem. Yeah. And what we don't really know about the transgenderism in this country we are all affected because our tax dollars are going to our men and women in the military. I think you have the statistics there on how much money we spend on transgenderism in our military. Do you have those handy? Maybe you can share so that people understand that it's affecting all of us. Well, you're making a good point money, there. And yeah, we're spending money on hormone replacement therapy, surgeries, instead of going to the defense of this country. And let me tell you, as a woman who is on hormone replacement, our military doesn't even pay for women's hormone replacement, straight women hormone replacement, but yet it's okay for the, the transgender community to get hormones. So it is affecting every single one of us. We just don't know it. Well, you know, Here's the point I, I would like to make about that. I mean, we're we're hearing this. We're hearing the the Navy now is actually using a drag queen to uh, promote enlistment in the Navy. Now, I don't even understand what they're doing here. Okay, how is this going to promote? Uh, people, the kind of people that you want to join the Navy. Okay, because let me let me remind everybody what the job of the military it is, whether it be the Navy or yeah. the Army or the Marines or the Air Force or anything, the, the main purpose of the military is to kill people and break their stuff. That are the two, that's the two main purposes of the, of the military. The, the military is what gets used when diplomacy completely breaks down, when there is no other option. The military is the final solution. Now, so how is using a drag queen to enlist people. What kind of people are you planning to enlist? Well, it's a brilliant but, strategy, like Bud Light, right? Well, yeah, well that worked thing, so well right? for them, didn't it? That's exactly what that is. It's the exact same thing. There's so many uh, transgender people that are looking to drink Bud Light, of course, that that makes sense. That's how you'd recruit. 
Like, well, unbelievable. You know what they've done is, and and I'm starting to hear things like you know nicknames for for Budweiser now. It's now the Queen of Beers, <laughs> which is funny as hell. But anyway, uh, but I mean, so so is some some tough burly guy gonna belly up to the bar and 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 want a Bud a Bud Light now? I mean, it's like no, I don't want to yeah. be associated with that. I mean, are are these 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 people? That are marketing in in with Anheuser Busch. Uh, what is wrong with these people? What are they thinking? Did they learn nothing from well, Coca Cola? You know, what happened to them? You know. Yeah, but, but you know, but you know what, Rebecca? It's a bigger picture than that, right? It, it's to destroy America, and you go after those institutions. They 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 have started at the education front, right? Indoctrinating our children, getting our children to believe that socialism is wonderful, and then the next thing that uh, socialists and they do is they go after the military. So if you have anybody in the military, I do, by the way, and did, you know, you need a sense of camaraderie and that you can trust people. Transgenderism at its base is based on a lie. And so how can you put transgender in the military when they're lying in the first place? You think that their brothers on the field are going to be comfortable trusting these people uh, with their lives? Well, probably not. Here's probably the thing. Not. So here's the thing, Karina, and you brought this up uh, a few minutes ago. It's like, why would somebody with the with this obvious with this condition, which I I would have to uh, if if someone is transgender, okay, the the name implies that they're transitioning, okay, so. Wouldn't you consider that a disability? I mean, I've heard of people being rejected from the military for having feet that aren't the greatest in the world, where they can't they can't walk very long. You know, it's like so. How is somebody that is going through a transition and is on all kinds of uh, um, medical treatments uh, and is going to require surgeries and all these things? How can that person be considered fit for combat? That's that that that's what I don't understand. And right. how and, is and, and that you know, the responsibility of the taxpayer? Correct. And you know that uh, men in the military can't even have beards. So here's our standard. So they're not going to be drinking you know, any to, Bud Light, are they? Uh, well, they're not. But you know, there are standards. You can't have long sleeve tattoos. I mean, you have to cover them up. Yeah. You won't get accepted into the military. But yeah. if you're going through a mental illness, it is okay. And the reason to destroy our country from within, because that's how you do it. And I think that's the point we're all missing. All of these education and our government and our military, that's how you destroy a nation. And that's exactly what's happening here with our military. And, and the reason why they're using transgenders is because our recruitment and our enlistment are down across the board. So, so what do we do with our military? You know, if they're say they went to war and they're all in the navy and they're most of them are transgender, what is the enemy going to think when they pop out with a petticoat and chase them? You know, like are they going to be afraid? Well, well, maybe they'll just be distracted and they'll and they won't know what to do at that point. Maybe that's the, <laughs> maybe that's the strategy. I don't know. It's like, what do I do with this? I don't know. Well, to the point, well, I think it's well, we're going to be actually. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think it's that we're going to have to worry about transgenders actually being in the military, right? Like, it's the idea is just to get rid of the military. That's the reason. Yeah, because they're not going to be joining the military. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to join, and then it'll it'll discourage people who we really do need in the military from joining as well. And it's just to get rid of the military. That's like she's saying. It's just it's to get rid of the entire country, right? It's to break down the systems that defend our institutions by making it so that nobody will stand up and actually defend them. 
You know, I think that uh, Joe Biden is a traitor. I think he should be impeached or worse. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you know what they're supposed to they do with traitors. Okay, Uh, but I think the guy's a traitor. I think he's doing if you were to if someone was to say, well, I want to devise a plan to completely destroy America. What would I do? Well, you do everything that Joe Biden's been doing. Or his handlers are having him yep. do. I mean, I don't think he really knows <laughs> what he's doing. Let's be clear. Yeah. No, I he think doesn't right. know what room he's in. He follows less. orders very well, yep. though. Mm-hmm. Well, he tries. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, is I don't think he can hold a thought long enough to actually follow an order. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, so everything that they're doing, okay, from trying to destroy the military, uh, you're destroying the morale of the military. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. kind of like what I said earlier about, you know, what... What tough guy is going to want to belly up to the bar and have a Bud Light now? Okay, because of the stigma attached to it now. Now look at the, now. There's a stigma attached to the Navy. That's right. Yeah, you know, it, it got me yeah, thinking. And, of, and, and, and what do you think? What, what do you think the vac- forcing our military men to get the vaccines was all about? Yeah. Well, we that know what that's all to, about. To weaken our 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 military forces, and, and not only in the in the in the short term, but in the long term. There have been studies after studies how our military men and women are suffering greatly from uh, mysterious diseases. You know, and nobody's reported on that. But that's how you get rid of a, of, of a military force, because we are the most advanced and most successful military in the world. And little by little, it's getting eroded. And before you know it, we'll have a little country being able to overtake America because we have just allowed it to be decimated. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think everything that's happening has been to weaken the United States. So, hey, we're coming up on a break here in a little bit. Um, and, uh, Corrine, thanks for the call. You're welcome, guys. Have a good day. Enjoy your walk. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. 505-444-5059. We're going to go into break. And after the break, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this CNN uh, town hall that happened the other day. There's a whole lot to unpack there. Blair looks like he's got some things to talk about it, too. So we're going to talk about that. I took a lot of notes, and um, I want to talk about what he, he said and how, how CNN treated him there. And Caitlin, uh, the the anchor that was doing the town hall, oh my gosh, she was trying to make it all about her. And it it wasn't. It's not all about you, Caitlin. You're simply the moderator, okay? Um, Anyway, so don't go anywhere. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, There's a ton of stuff in the news. I've actually got, also after the break, I've got John Block, um, representative for New Mexico, recently got voted in. Awesome guy. He's going to be joining us virtually uh, for about an hour after the break as well. So uh, don't go anywhere, and we will be right back.
did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Beck Marie and Stella. The phone number here, if you want to call in and join the conversation, is 505-444-5059. And that's also on the screen. Yes, it is. Anyway, so um, I'm going to try something new here today. I uh, I hope this works okay. I've got uh, John Black, John Block, joining us on a dedicated line that I that I brought in and uh, I'm gonna see how that works just a minute 
Stella, what's your thoughts today, Juan? I think it'll work. Yeah, this is good. Hi, John. How's Alan Gord treating you? <laughs> Hope it's, you're staying in trouble like the rest of us. I just had something to say, too, about this last subject that I, I know all of you probably heard Kamala Harris went to Africa with, I think, $60 million and offered them uh, the $60 million for to update their LGBTQPI, whatever they've added on to it now. And he looked at her with total disgust and said, you know, we need medical help here. The children could use food and education. And you want to come and corrupt us? You Americans are sick perverts. Get out of here take your 60 million with you we can do without it so yeah i mean (laughs) you go to corrupt them i guess that's the sign of hope right there are people on the planet and in the in the world and even in this country that are willing to say no that's dumb right like we're not going to do that so it's those stories that give us hope it's sad that we have a vice president off doing something dumb like that but if you've ever heard her speak, that's not that unusual. So, well, it's not the first dumb thing she's ever done. Nope. But yeah, that was pretty insulting. They actually threw her out and said, "Take your money with you. We don't need that. We don't. You guys are totally out of control, of the United States, and trying to spread it around the world, but it's not coming here." So yeah. wow. they, they stood up to her. It's scary when you think about what you know when you get places places like China or countries like China and some of the others that are you know bent on taking us out. When we look that way in, in the in the face of the world, what does that weakness show? Like, what does it what does it do with them to encourage them to you know, go after us? So exactly, wow. Okay, that's not working. I'll tell you what. Let's do it a different way. Why don't you just call in on the call in line? I'm gonna have to. So we're having a little trouble with the yeah the little number the little line that we set up. So we're still gonna get John Block on the phone. He's from Alagordo, the state representative there. Has really worked hard in Santa Fe and keeps you updated on the Pinion Post. So if you want to hear more for, about what's happening in Santa Fe, you can actually uh, contact the Pinion Post and be a subscriber. He'll send you all the information, and he's got a lot of it. So, Okay. John's going to call us on the uh, call-in line because that, that, that thing I'm working on, I'm still going to work on it a little bit more. Hey, John, how's it going? Going great. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, the other thing, I'm going to have to spend a little more time working on that. It's uh, kind of, I'm trying to rig up another phone to the board, so it's a little bit tricky. But anyway, so how's it going today? Have you been listening to the show while, be, uh, while we've been uh, talking here the first half hour? I sure have. You guys have really been rolling through these topics, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. So what, what are your, th- I'm just kind of curious. By the way, tell everybody who you are, first of all, John. Sure. Well, uh, I'm John Block. I'm the state representative in House District 51, which is in Alamogordo, entirely in Otero County. And uh, I also am the publisher of the Pinon Post, which is uh, New Mexico's largest online news publication reaching across the state uh, with tens of thousands of readers. So I try to stay involved and I definitely try to listen to my Becca Marie podcast whenever I can. (laughs) Thanks, John. (laughs) I enjoy reading the Pinon Post, too. So oh, well, thank you. Um, thank you. Hey, did you watch? I'm kind of curious, John. Did you watch uh, that uh, town hall the other uh, the other day on CNN? I did. I caught every minute of it, and honestly, it made me love the president that much more. Every second that she asked this stupid question, <laughs> oh my <laughs> and, uh, gosh! President Trump just continued to just blast her entirely, and she kept on trying to fact check him with these these false claims that the election wasn't stolen and all this crazy stuff. And, uh, oh my gosh, what a, 
what a great piece of entertainment. <laughs> it was. And it's like, you know, she was trying to make it all about her. Yeah, you know? it's like I hate it when yeah. these uh, when these uh, news people do this. They'll have like a a town hall or something, and they'll they'll interview a candidate, and they try to make it all about them. And she was just all on the on the war path against Trump. She was doing her darndest to try to make him look bad. I'm surprised you didn't tell her. I can see you have yeah. blood in your eye. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was so, waiting for that, too. At least he called her a nasty person. A nasty you know, person. what she was being. She was yeah. being a nasty person. She kept interrupting him. Uh, she she kept being, you know, trying to basically attack him through the whole thing. And, you know, I knew, I knew the second that he said that. It's like, oh my God, he called her a nasty person. I can, I, I visions went back to Hillary Clinton, okay? And it's like, you know, the uh, the the supporters of Hillary Clinton, oh, they just embrace that. Of course, I can't blame, you know. Hey, that's okay. We embrace those things too. Just like we're lizard people, and I'm proud of it, you know. But 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 but, but the thing is, is I knew as soon as he called her a nasty person, they were going to run with that, and that was going to be like their main thing. They they were going to latch onto. And she was really fishing really hard for some sound bites, and he just was not giving them to her. And. Did yeah. you watch the 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 group of angry Trump hating panelists after after the uh, the town hall? What did you watch any of them? <laughs> so I did. I turned it off immediately as I saw Anderson Cooper and his lizard eyes coming onto the CNN screen. Just kidding, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious that watching that panel because they were all like, "Well, why won't you talk about 2024 instead of going way back to 2020 repeatedly?" and the moderator of that forum, he just didn't really have answers to the questions. And then when asked about that E. Jean Carroll uh, witch hunt lawsuit, they were like, we really, quite frankly, don't care because we know President Trump didn't do anything wrong. He never did this. And it's honestly the most sad attempt that you guys could put up to try to stop him from running. And now you see the Democrats, I, I think last night, Anderson Cooper on his show, I saw it on Twitter, a little uh -huh. clip. He essentially said, I get if you never watch CNN ever again, and I'm sorry. But he also said that President Trump is an extremely viable and potential new president in 2025 when he's uh, elected and when he's sworn in. And they really are scared that President Trump is coming back and he's coming back with a vengeance to fix our country. Well, they are. Why there's such a hatred. Yeah. Well, you know, they were as they were going through and doing their hatred and 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 yeah, towards him, the whole you're right. There was a number of times where they're talking about well, you know, basically, oh my gosh, we're afraid he's going to win. <laughs> you know. They better be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you know, when he, they were talking about that whole uh, situation where this woman was accusing him of raping her, what was that like 25 years ago or something? Um let's see what was it? I I made some notes on that. But anyway, um, so they were talking about how, yeah, E. Jean Carroll, what's her first name anyway? People with initials for first names. I've never quite understood well, that I'm one. one of those people. You're one of those people? <laughs> Why? I, I, don't, I don't, so John will understand this. Okay. Um, because he's, you know, he's down there in Otero County. So I'm the, actually the fourth Aubrey Dunn. Okay. In New Mexico. Oh, okay. So I go by A and go by my middle name just so that it's not. Uh, okay. so now I understand not, so I'm not that now. So confused with the, the four predecessors. <laughs> right, okay. Or three predecessors. So they don't yeah. know, they don't well, know which Aubrey Dunn they're that talking about. That makes sense. I was, I was always wondering what the A stood for, but yep. good to know it's Aubrey. So you're the fourth. 
And actually, the... in my family, I'm the fourth John. So I'm John Block the fourth, even though I don't go by that. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. They were. I I thought that you know. So first of all, they didn't find Trump guilty of rape, which. I've, I always have a problem with somebody crawling out of the woodwork 25 years later when it's when it when the timing is just so suspicious and then suddenly they've been raped and it just had this traumatic event 25 years ago and then suddenly just now it's it's a problem for them I think yeah. the jury saw what she looked like and said yeah right we see what Trump dates they would <laughs> have never, you seen the kind of women never that Trump dates that. yeah yeah uh, but that you know they Here's the thing. It's like one thing you hear about, and, and I've even talked to my mom about things like this before, about things that happened when I was a little kid, you know, and, and the, the details of the event get very distorted over a long period of time. I mean, and that's just a fact. That's what happens. Well, but, but I thought that Trump's explanation on that was fantastic, and they're even attacking him over that. He basically said, okay, you know, does this really sound like realistically like something that I would do? Okay, I go into a, into a department store, and so some woman just comes along and just suddenly decides that, you know, she basically has to have me, like, right now, and then I go with her into a dressing room, and we get it on in the dressing room. I mean, does that even sound like something realistic? Does that sound like something Trump would do? And like you said, Stella, it's like, we've seen the kind of women that Trump hangs out with, you know, classy, super hot. Um, I mean, can you see him being desperate enough to to do something like Ew. that? I mean, really? Ew. What? Yeah, no way. What? Why? <laughs> you know? So so the whole yeah. the whole story sounds preposterous. Just preposterous. I can't even say that word. Preposterous. There we go. <laughs> well, you're right. And, you know, right at the time, it was the 90s, right? She claims it was around 1996, which, first of all, if I was raped, I would probably know the very second, the time on the clock that that happened on the very day where it was, how it happened, and I would definitely come forward immediately. But regardless, at the time, President Trump, he wasn't the president at that time, but he was a billionaire. He owned the Plaza Hotel, which is the biggest, most historic, beautiful place in the world. Do you really honestly believe that he would walk down a few blocks to a department store to go get accosted by some psychopathic woman who clearly is not his type. And then she would have the audacity to not only do him in court, but change the laws in New York to take off the statute of limitations in order for him to sue, in order for her to sue him 25 years later. Yeah, that doesn't sound very plausible to me. Mm. No, no, it doesn't. But, you know, the, uh, Reality nowadays seems to be getting completely distorted, you know, just like I was talking about in the opening monologue. And it's like, and right. and these people are obviously, to anybody that's paying attention, these people are obviously just pulling out the stops and coming up with anything they can possibly think of to get Trump. And before he ran for president, he was like their favorite guy. Well, and there's another another interesting point here, which is, of course, you know, you have a jury, right? And that's, so they're involved in this. And that that's, you know, in my profession, that's what, what's become troubling as well, is that you have jurors and you have this, uh, jurors have always been fickle. That's always unknown in our, in our business. But you now have this idea that you're convicted on not just what's in front of you, but on all of the circumstances and everything you've ever had in your past. I mean, we did this with Kavanaugh recently. Before that, we did it, of course, with Clarence Thomas and the Anita Hill thing. Like it's, it's, 
it's just built and built and built where it doesn't really matter what the facts are. It doesn't really matter if it's even this particular situation. We will try to convict you for anything else you've ever done in the past. And it doesn't matter whether there was a statute of limitations or not. It's, it's what we're doing. It's really very sad. And that's our legal system, unfortunately. Well, it is now, anyway. I. <laughs> so... Here's the here's the thing. Okay, they went after Trump. You knew they were going to go after him on this. And of course, the entire time through this this town hall, the audience was absolutely cheering him on, and they were not fans of Caitlin. <laughs> you know, and all of the questions that they gave were actually very relevant, good questions. And you know, of course, the angry bunch of Trump hating panelists afterwards they they acted like, oh, well, we're they were just giving him softball. Qu-. No, I thought they were giving him very good questions. You know. And and like like we said that that whole thing with the the supposed rape thing, which is just preposterous, and and they're trying to and and they sued him based on no evidence. Oh, here here's the best part about that. Okay, they found him guilty, uh, guilt, uh, not guilty of any kind of rape, but they did fine him five million dollars because apparently they hurt her feelings by what he said right he he hurt her feelings <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's that's what we do now is now it's yeah and maybe you can go into this a little bit blair it's like the whole thing with um uh alex jones even right. okay he hurt somebody's feelings so therefore freedom of speech goes out the window right it freedom of speech goes out the window if you hurt somebody's feelings Freedom of speech goes out the window, and if you've got money that can be taken, then you can be sued in in, in Alex Jones's case into sure. into complete into the Stone Age. You know they tried to take every cent he had, and then when they find out found out that maybe he had more money somewhere else, they wanted to go after that too right. because the idea was to completely break him, bankrupt him, and shut him up. Right. It's the, it's the abuse of the court system for that purpose. Alex Jones is a great example. The other one I would use is the indictment of the president, right? Like, that's a great example. There is no, absolutely no case there. Even, even John uh, Bolton on CNN said there's no case here. And yet here we are. We're, we're proceeding with an indictment against a former president with zero evidence of any crime that they could actually prosecute, stepping past statute of limitations, stepping past all these things for misdemeanors, if they were even misdemeanors, I think they're probably still covered under, under freedom of speech and ability to use your money how you want. It's not an FEC violation. And yet, that's, this is all to try to keep him from becoming president again. Right. Well, it's rather it's, than just dealing with the merits. It's it's all about silencing him, right. shutting him up, and right. it's like, and so you know, I just thought about the Alex Jones thing, but then the other thing you're talking about, but it, it's it's all the same thing. It's all about you you sue somebody to shut them up, and right. these courts, and and you know they were they were talking about, and some guy laughed at this guy when he said this too. When when uh, Trump was well, they said well he got he got tried by a jury of his peers. Yeah, right. uh, in Washington D.C., really, he got jur- he got tried by a jury of his peers. John, maybe or, or, or uh, yeah, maybe Blair, you can give us the actual definition of what peers is. I know what it is, but why don't you why don't you tell me what your definition well, of, uh, a of peer peers is? Any citizen that is. Well, it's people okay. that know you. Well, it's, it is people that know you, or in the case of our ju- of our judicial system, it's people who don't, but they are your peer as a citizen that has the same rights that you do. Mm-hmm. It's essentially that's what it comes down to: is a, another citizen that has the same rights that you do. See now, 
I believe that in the original intent of the Constitution when it came out, when they said a jury of your peers, they were referring to probably smaller communities. They were referring to you having a jury of people that live in your community, know you, know what kind of person you are, uh, you know, they, you know, maybe even they personally even know you. And it's like, and then they, that way they can make a judgment on, well, it, did they really, is this something they would really do? You know, but a jury of peers in Washington, D.C., the most liberal uh, play, and, and not only that, here's an interesting to, thing too, Blair, and I would like to hear your take on this. And I mentioned this last week. Washington, D.C. technically is not part of the United States. No. Right. Okay. So how can you – how can a, a citizen of a state in the union be tried in essentially a foreign territory? That's kind of like wouldn't – wouldn't you kind of consider that to kind of like being tried for something that you supposedly did in your community on an Indian reservation? Well, I think it's a little bit different than that, right? Okay. So, so – and, the, and this is, you know, peers as a fluid term because peers in <clears throat> 1787, for instance, when, when, when we adopt the Constitution, does not mean the same thing that it did now because we did not treat women, for example, as peers to men. Mm-hmm. But I would argue now every, every bit women are peers to men and black people are peers to white people and everything else. So this concept of, of our communities and what peers were has had to change over time. So I, I, I think when I, when our founders looked at the constitution, peers was any person with the same set of rights. That's why I said that, because if you look at it as just somebody who knows you, that gets away from the idea of justice is blind. Uh-huh, right? right. So we didn't, it didn't, they didn't necessarily need to know you. They just had to be somebody that could judge you based upon having the same set of, of internal God given rights that you did. Right, so that's mm-hmm. that's I think what that is. So I I get your point, but I think it's I think being, you have to broaden it out, broaden it out a little bit. But being tried in Washington D.C., I have a problem with that. But everybody in Washington D.C., even, even the founding fathers had a negative attitude towards Washington D.C. But the Constitution also sets up, and our laws set up that they are still full citizens of the United States. Just because you reside you reside in the district doesn't change that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, again, they're they're peers because they are citizens with the same rights. So the idea that they're not in a state is not. I don't think that that really quite. Yeah. I don't think that there's a legal significance to that. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. I just wonder why does it always why did it always work for them? You know, all this trying to sue somebody like with no cause, no proof. How, why does it work for them and it doesn't work for the, the normal person? That that's where peers becomes interesting though, right? Is this idea that whether or not you can get a fair trial is is a little bit different than peers, right? Because there we 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 have what we call forum non-conveyance and we have um, biased juries and we move juries because you can't get a fair trial. That's provided for in our laws as well in dealing with jury trials. I think he was he's being tried in the in the New York indictment. I don't think that that's a fair place for him to be tried. I think it should have been transferred out of the out Absolutely. Of the district. I think that's they true. They should have asked for a change of venue. Right. Move him to Ohio or wherever, someplace where you really truly have a set of people that don't have the biases that New Yorkers would have against him. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have biases in both directions for him there. Yeah. It's really hard to find a what I would say a fair place for the president to get a trial. Because there's such strong opinions about him. I don't know that he has a, a, a good place to go get a fair trial. Hey, you know, I've, I've been called for jury duty before, and I've seen this process by which that they select jurors. I don't know how you find impartial jurors in Washington, D.C. I don't, I, would, I don't see how it's possible. I, I, yeah. 
in, and literally in both directions, right? Like you could you could pick a jury in New York that was completely biased for him too. Like there are people there in New York that love him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a matter of, of of sorting that out. The problem is is that you have to look at the jury pool and see what the percentages are. And of the in New York, I bet you that the vast majority at this point, if you were to actually run a poll to, on how New Yorkers view the president, it's going to be a majority of people against him. And so how are you going to be able to to you know sis out all of the people that need to to that, that can actually be unbiased because there, there's a segment there too that can actually put that aside and be unbiased. Yeah, but that's what you got to find, and you've got to find it between these two larger segments that have strong biases. So, I uh, I have a a guest sitting in the studio that's not on the mic today. Uh, my good friend Melanie, she's actually been on the radio with me once. But anyway, she looked it up in Merriam-Webster what the definition of peer is, according to Merriam-Webster. It says, belonging to the same societal group, especially based on age, grade, or status. Sure. So. Sure. But we don't divide people on the basis of ra- age, race, status, that kind of stuff for juries for that reason, right? Because we've, we have said peers. Otherwise, it would just be, if I'm being tried by a jury of my peers, it would be young white men. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's who are of well, a that would be so, that would be racist. Right. <laughs> that's the point. Right. So we that that well that works for the, that definition. Kinda, or maybe specious nowadays. Well, right. I I want to be. I jur- just kind of wonder when that's going to happen. Well, or what about cats. the rise of AI? Whenever they find that define define that's, that as sentient, uh, then where are we going to be with that? Well, they've 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 been running. Some what if I identify myself that? as an AI? <laughs> I don't want you. Well, you the there. Scare me! <laughs> I hadn't thought of that one. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just now did. <laughs> I sometimes have these revelations when I'm doing the show. It's like, oh wow, I never thought about that before. I'm sure so, isn't there somebody that identified as a toaster at one point? Didn't that show up in the news as well? It wouldn't surprise me yeah. a bit. I've never heard of that one, but yes, I wouldn't yeah. be a bit surprised. Yeah. So. I went through a number of these. I actually found an interesting uh, website uh, in which uh, it was on thehill.com, in which they uh, did some takeaways uh, as far as for the town hall. And I made some notes on that. One thing that Caitlin went after Trump for, she was really digging hard. She really wanted a soundbite for this one about how the uh, about the election irregular, irregularities in 2020. I think personally you have to be completely with your head in the sand and not paying attention at all to make the statement that it was the most secure election in the in American history and it was completely free of any kind of fraud. It's like number 1, no election has ever been completely free of fraud. But in my, well, not just in my opinion, I believe the evidence backs it up that in the 2020 election, there was an enormous amount of fraud and there was plenty of evidence to back that up. There were plenty of cases that tried to be brought to court and they all got found to be, oh, well, they don't have standing, so we're not going to hear them. So it wasn't that they lost their cases. It's just that their cases were not heard. Yeah. So I... I think that that's a very interesting point. If you look back to the election of uh, William McKinley, for instance, there was rampant fraud and voter intimidation and all that stuff. And that's continued on since the beginning of the country. And we get to this point now, like even in recent years, like 2016, I think you had issues in New Mexico. I know we had issues in 2014. We had ballot boxes in Curry County where the ballot boxes were opened and the ballots were mixed in with primary ballots. This is what we figured that out. We were going through a recount for my dad for land commissioner. And, and in 2016, I took to Maggie 
uh, Secretary of State, I think it was 16, that a hundred and, I think it was a 110-year-old uh, Navajo had voted up in Cuba, New Mexico. 110, wow. 110. That's got to be a record. That's what's on the voter rolls. Absentee ballot went out. Absentee ballot came back in, and that person voted. Supposedly. Supposedly. But, but there's no fraud. There's yeah, no, fraud. Oh, no, no, no fraud, fraud at all. No. So it's gone on. I think that's just, it's, it's always been that way. To say that this was the most secure, yeah, right, whatever. What does that even mean? Because it's every year. It's every election cycle. We're dealing with this constantly, that there is always some amount of election. So at what point does it become so great that it's affecting the outcome of the election? And I, I don't think you can say that in 2020 or 2016 that it didn't have some outcome or influence on the outcome of the election. So you got to look at it. You well, know, I, I was working for so, a candidate that was running for governor back mm-hmm. then, and uh, he said, I, I saw that there was like three dead people that voted, and I said, no, there's more than three, trust me. So we went through all the trouble of hiring extra people to actually go in there and check all the votes out and see. There was at least 120-some dead people that had voted. He took it to court, and I said, you're wasting your time. They're not going to do anything. I tr- I've done all this stuff before. He took it to court, and they all showed up and everything, and the judge says, well, there's really nothing we can do about that. And and he lost his case. I mean, after all the money he invested in it, having all the all the signatures notarized and everything and find out how many dead people actually voted. And, of course, they all voted for the opposition, you know. But, yeah, there was too many dead people. They, the judge didn't do anything about it. Well, I think President Trump was on to something when he, because he, he talked in that, in those interviews, he talked about voter ID, mm-hmm. right? We've been having this debate in New Mexico for, what, the last 15 or 20 years? Mm-hmm. And they're all, well, we have voter ID. No, no, we don't. We don't really have that. Mm-hmm. I think you're, in order to really fix our elections to where we can say that these are secure elections, we're going to have to come up with some other, you know, dr- drastic technological change in order to do that. Whether it's going to some sort of crypto voting or whatever it might be, I think we're going to have to go to something like that to really change this so that we actually can see who is voting and make sure that only people that are supposed to be voting are getting to vote. Well, yeah, because the people that are crossing the border right now are giving packages that says the Democrats are making this possible for you and you will vote Democrat. And they'll make sure they do. I mean, Democrats stay on top of it. They'll go wherever they're at and say, where's your, you know, vote, we're going to take it for you, your ballot, whatever. They stay on top of that. Okay, so the music means we're running out of time on this segment. So uh, that's uh, that's it for hour one. We'll be back for hour two. I want to continue the discussion about this. There's still a whole lot to unpack sure. here on this. So Blair, um, Blair's going to be with us after the break. Stella, of course. And uh, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We'll be right back. I'm here. 